Hi, you're listening to 10-Minute IS Paper. My name is Blair Wang. Today's paper is called Contact Tracing Apps and Alienation in the Age of COVID-19 by Franz Rowe, Oyanlanki Nguanyama, and Jean-Luc Richet, published in the European Journal of Information Systems in 2020. So during this COVID-19 pandemic that we're all living through right now, one of the most important policy responses from our governments has been in the area of contact tracing. This is, of course, the activity that we take when someone is diagnosed as having contracted COVID-19, that we ask them where they've been in the past few weeks, whom they've been in contact with, and then we can do two things. We can try to figure out where they contracted the virus from or whom they contracted it from, and we can contact people who we now know are at risk because they've been in contact with a known COVID case. This is, of course, all over the news right now, and this traditionally manual process can, of course, be done digitally as well. We can ask people to install an app on their phone that tries to track whom they've been in contact with. These contact tracing apps are probably, in principle, a good thing. And indeed, these are, in a sense, nothing new. As the authors of this paper point out, smartphone apps have been used since at least 2014 during the Ebola epidemic. But there has, of course, been a lot more interest in these contact tracing apps during COVID-19. Here in Australia, where I'm recording this podcast, we've got COVID Safe, which I've got installed on my Android phone since I've been told that it doesn't work properly on my iPhone. COVID Safe is among many such apps that have been developed. The authors in Appendix A to this paper identify apps in Australia, China, France, Germany, Iceland, India, Italy, Norway, Singapore, and the United Kingdom. But they focus specifically on the case of France and its Stop COVID app. The authors of this paper reckon that the Stop COVID app in France has been an utter failure. Among all those countries that I just mentioned, it has the lowest adoption rate of just over 3%. And to explain from their perspective why there's been such an utter failure, the authors have read and analysed a lot of public media, including Le Monde, a well-known French newspaper, as well as French government websites and the documents published on those. According to their analysis, the failure of the French contact tracing app for COVID-19 can be attributed to something called alienation. And I quote the authors from section 3, Alienation is to think of ourselves as outside of nature while trying to know nature and ourselves. This is a false consciousness, a self-deception. Already, I find the paper so interesting because in my own research, I look at alienation from the perspective of work. A lot of the critique of modern work, both in the current age and pretty much everything since the Industrial Revolution, is that it's alienating, that people don't have a strong sense of connection with the products of their work, with their colleagues at work, that modern work is alienating. But the authors here aren't just looking, as many of us do, at work as a form of alienation. They're looking at alienation overall. The case of alienating work, according to the authors of this paper, is just one of many examples of us thinking of ourselves as outside of nature. According to the authors of the paper, alienation is the default worldview, the taken-for-granted worldview of the modern era. And according to the authors, that's where the problem comes from. If we think of ourselves as outside of nature, then when we try to understand the world, our extremely abstracted knowledge of the world no longer really reflects reality that well. And according to the authors, the consequence of that is another thing, leading on from alienation, called digital solutionism. They say it's a form of alienation characterized by advocacy of a solution, for example, like a contact tracing app, 
that if only we use it properly and diligently is going to solve all our problems, putting all our bets on the solution, hence solutionism. So that's the argument here. That's what the authors of this paper want us to learn. Because even though, at least from their perspective, the French contact tracing app was a failure, it doesn't mean that we can't learn from it, try to unpack what went wrong and work towards a better future. So to answer the question, what went wrong, the authors lay out three propositions in section six. The first of these propositions is essentially that the app doesn't collect the right kind of data. And that's because of alienation, that the assumptions and the scientific knowledge that went into the design of the app wasn't based on the latest state of the art knowledge. It was based on knowledge that was already a bit outdated or just not in touch with reality. Crucially, the app doesn't collect any data unless people are interacting for at least 15 minutes and within one meter. And both these numbers are just a little bit questionable, especially the distance aspect, because as the authors point out, COVID-19 can also spread over far greater distances in airborne transmission. The second proposition is in relation to the geopolitical situation. France is of course bordered with other European countries, and so a French app made by the French government for French people isn't going to necessarily be able to remain aware of the situation in those neighboring countries. And as the authors point out, there was actually some interest from the European Data Protection Board to have a pan-European coordinated action plan for contact tracing apps, but national governments wanted to do their own thing. Which is understandable, but it does mean that the app is not only alienated from the medical and scientific reality, but also from the social and geopolitical reality of France being part of the European continent. The third proposition is what the authors refer to as inadequate systems design. And here, they're not talking about design as we might think usually about apps and the graphical user interface. Instead, their criticism is on the design of how the app fits into the broader technical and sociological systems, especially with regard to how the app was rolled out. There's a big narrative about how that happened, and I don't want to go into the details, but essentially there was a lot of misunderstanding, miscommunication, um, governments and policy leaders changing their stance. Another issue in terms of design, and this again isn't to do with the graphical design, but more the infrastructural design. The app uh, runs on Bluetooth, and we have the same problem here in Australia, and as I mentioned earlier, that's why I run COVID Safe in Australia on my Android phone, because there's certain issues with iOS and Bluetooth and permissions and background processes, it seems that there are similar issues with the integration with Bluetooth in the French app. And in this case, I'd say that that's a critique that's probably applicable not just to the French case, but also to many other cases as well. And that is a design issue, not in the graphical sense of the visual look and feel of the app, but more broadly designing a solution. And so across all three of these propositions, we see alienation because the app and its design and its rollout seem just a little bit out of touch with the full extent of reality. Uh, but also it's a case of solutionism because we're so keen to have something, some sort of solution, even if the solution has all these flaws. I guess the question then is, is a flawed solution better than no solution? The authors of this paper are essentially calling that into question. 
because it's not like the app was rolled out without cost. The whole issue around privacy and uh, the fear that location tracking is involved, even though in the French case and also here in Australia, it's not actually based on specific GPS-based location tracking. It is Bluetooth-based, based on who you come in contact with. But the privacy issue really stings, especially as the authors point out, there's a strong friction between this kind of app and French political values. Uh, the French values of liberté, égalité, and fraternité, as the authors explicitly mentioned. Historically, since pretty much the French Revolution, French culture and politics is deeply grounded in this sense of freedom and emancipation. And that could explain, for example, why you can't just lift and shift a solution that probably works perfectly fine in a place like Singapore or even Australia, where broadly speaking, those social values aren't exactly the same as the French liberté, égalité, fraternité. So I really like this paper for two reasons. One is that it is very timely, it fits into everything that's happening this year, and it ties in nicely, for example, with the previous paper about COVID-19 and liquid modernity, with that other paper about COVID-19 and communication. I think it's part of a bigger discourse here to be critical, not in the sense of bringing people down, but in the sense of taking the effort to look at what's happening in the world and think, how could we do this better? How could we do this in a way that works not towards alienation, that isn't great grounded in alienation, but instead is grounded in, as the authors point out, the opposite of alienation, emancipation. And that's the second reason why I really appreciate a paper like this. There are a lot of different ways that we could critique some of the shortcomings of our collective human response to COVID-19, but pointing out that a lot of the issue is because we are so out of touch with reality, that we are so keen, perhaps a bit too keen, for a solution. Having this grand explanation, I think really sensitizes us to be aware of these issues going forward, not just for the pandemic, but for all aspects of our lives. And of course, for our approach to understanding information systems. This has been an episode of 10 Minute IS Paper. Thanks for listening. The music on this podcast is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod and generously licensed under Creative Commons. You can find out more about this podcast at www.tmisp.org and you can reach out to me, Blair Wang, at www.blair.wang.